Well, hello, everyone. It's time for yet another uh, podcast. Uh, we've been calling these Yap versus Yap. Um, even when people really agree with each other, which I think in this case we will more than other, I'm pleased to be joined by uh, Nate Richard. Of course, you know him, a contributor to the Film Yap, also with Collider. Uh, Nate, thanks for joining me. Yeah, happy to be here. Excited to talk a little Barbie as well. I got my Ken rep. Yes, I love it. I love it. Uh, so the, our topic today is a little bit touchy, but uh, something you and I, I've been thinking about and you and I got to talking about, and we said, hey, we should turn this into a podcast. And that is, uh, I guess I'm calling it like the, the politicization, politicalization of pop culture. Obviously, we're going to focus more on movies. But I mean, I think it's more of a uh, symptom rather than a disease of our times. You know, the, the the disease of our time being what, you know, what I call tribalism, where people are, you know, connected to their tribes, through their culture, through their region, through their political party. And they tend to see everything in that prism. I mean, it used to be just politics was in that prism, but then it became sports and movies and songs and pop culture to the point where I, I think people like in a lot of cases are unable to break out of that mold and, you know, take movies you know my thing with uh, my philosophy for movies and, and art is the same that one that i have for people which is i you know i take people as they come which is you judge them based on the person you meet and interact with rather than you know they are x they are this race this gender this sexuality this religion you know uh, it's me it's about the individual and not about the tribe um so we've been seeing this a lot with movies especially of late the one, one I know we really wanted to talk about that kind of spurred this conversation was Barbie, which, of course, you know, it just seemed like everybody just with these movies, it, it, people just, you know, stick with their tribe and like whatever their tribe is is doing, they just go that way. So it seems like this group of people is reacting badly to this movie. Therefore, I am, too. Um, and vice versa. The big challenge being that people will do this without even having seen the movie. Yeah. So I wanted to hear your thoughts on this. With Barbie, I don't even think the movie's that political per se. I think it's more just about like humans in general and society in general. And that's what really stood out. I took my mom both times to see it. And one of the things I'm like, I was telling her is the movie even, it's obviously geared towards a female audience, but I think a lot of it also spoke to me as well because how it addresses masculinity. And I think there's a lot of like pundits out there who aren't even that masculine who get like very offended, I guess, by the messages in Barbie. Like I was having dinner with my friends uh, a couple weeks back and they were like, oh, I heard it's woke. And I'm like, no, I'm like, listen, do you guys find me that masculine? They're like, none of us are. And I'm like, that's what it's saying. That's, you know, more of the point of it. And I, I, there's some of it that I think relates back to TikTok. A lot of it, I think there's a thing with my generation where a lot of people kind of just take things almost literally, or they won't even, you know, pay attention to movies. They see things just in a way that's just black and white. There's no gray area. And I've even had an issue, you know, before with seeing that, but I think I kind of, I'm able to see the gray area with media consumption. Um, I've even seen it with Oppenheimer as well. Uh, I keep seeing movies in my feed talking about how it's imperious, imperialist propaganda. And I'm like, did you guys like watch the movie at all? 
and I, I think it really does a good job of like addressing, you know, how much of like a mulligan this, you know, the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki was. It's not just rah rah Americana, Americana. It's honestly the exact opposite. Yeah, I mean, I think Oppenheimer. It's really, you know, his story. It's Oppenheimer's story. Mm -hmm. it's, you know how that journey was experienced through his eyes. Obviously, to some extent, the people that surrounding him. Um, it's not a movie that's a parable uh, about you know nuclear weapons or was it right or wrong to bomb Japan and I mean that is there but uh, and I think in some things I've, I've read some things from a Japanese perspective that they actually say that's what bothered us is it really doesn't touch upon the impacts of what he did uh, rather than just you know his own journey of you know becoming this destroyer of worlds as he labeled himself. And I was like, well, I mean, that that's the movie they made. Um, I often reference, I think I did it in one of my reviews just, just this past week, is uh, uh, the late, great Gene Siskel. Uh, he had what I call Gene Siskel's first rule of uh, film criticism, which is, you know, review the movie they made, not the movie you wish they had made. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people do that with, with these films in particular. And I think you're very right. You know, this the, the woke thing, it's this whole, you know, it, it almost like it's become the latest iteration of our tribalism uh is this whole woke and anti-woke and which tribe do you fall in and i think the truth is that most people i would say like 80 percent of people are like uh i don't care about any of that bs uh yeah. you know I'm an independent person i lean this way but i think for myself i vote the way i vote and i approach movies and pop culture the way i do but i think so much as you said that the media message that just is coming through people on their phones and go and social media it's all this stuff it's like oh you can't you go to see movie it's a woke movie it's for us or don't go to see barbie or Oppenheimer because there it's it's you know we're anti-woke and we don't see that same thing with uh the rare film that got quickly labeled and embraced as the anti-woke film of our time now which is sound of freedom now, I will say I have not seen Sound of Freedom, although we did every review of it on uh, the app, which, which Alec Toombs wrote. Go check it out. And he basically just approached it as this is what the movie is. It's pretty much a straightforward, you know, action thriller with, you know, ominous things about uh, child trafficking and uh, all this kind of stuff. But, you know, that's there. Um, and, and he took the movie as it was. Uh, uh, I think he put it in his room. He's like, I'm probably like the most liberal person you've ever met. But I had no problems with this movie, and I think he gave it a pretty favorable review. Um, but it quickly got embraced as this: it's oh, it's an anti-woke film, and it's embracing some of these conspiracy theories. I admit some of which I'm only just vaguely aware of, like adrenochrome or something like this, which is crazy, really loopy stuff out there about people stealing, you know, <laughs> uh, nutrients from children and pumping it into rich old people's bodies to make them young. Uh, uh, sounds like Sterling Hayden's own thing about the essential essences or whatever that was from Dr. Strangelove. Uh, now, it's true that uh, the star of that film, Jim Caviezel, and I think one of the producers, traffic in some of that malarkey. And and I'm comfortable calling it malarkey just because it's not something that, to me I agree with or disagree with. Is There's no evidence for it. Um, and so, you know, the truth is this movie was shot five years ago. And I think it was 20th Century Fox, then that yep. got Disney. Disney shelved it because they just didn't know what to do with it. And then eventually a distributor that is mostly done faith-based films 
picked it up, distributed it, and I think it's made like $300 million now. Yeah. Um, you can say whatever you want about Disney's decision, uh, about why they shelved it. I'm sure they'd love to have the $300 million now. But I, I think what happened was everybody sort of, you know, started at, you know you know they started with their their priors as people say their biases like their their home base and they just started with that with this movie and jumped off so caviezel and this other guy uh because they dabble in that stuff they said oh they're you know we can do this to go around and have some talks and talk about this thing that we care about and of course then immediately other people so you got like you know the ben shapiro's of the world and everybody embracing the movie and that becomes the signal to everybody else uh, on the opposite side to say, well, I've got to say bad things about it uh, and not go see it and blah, blah, blah. And again, I saw once that movie started blowing up and making tons of money, I started seeing so much stuff from the media about all this crazy, you know, the the the, the stuff that's being uh, a pass off by the Caviezel on them. That's not in the movie. None of that is in the movie. And it's like, you know, but but the thing is, that's the way people are, is because because people I don't like are espousing this movie, I have to find ways to be against it. Yeah. And I read Alex's review and I that was a very great write-up. And it very much reminded me of uh there's a guy, he used to be with Collider, and he does an independent podcast now named Jeff Snyder. And he's also very, you know, liberal leaning, but he saw the movie and he was like, Yeah, it's not a political or faith-based movie at all it's just kind of a you know drama or action drama something like that and he's like i actually thought it was well made and i think when people look at like oh disney dumped this movie i'm not gonna you know defend disney i i have my own opinions on them but at the same time they were dumping a lot of movies when they yeah. bought up 20th century fox like they had those movies that went to like netflix like the fear street which was just like a teen slasher slasher movie like trilogy they dumped like that amy adams movie the woman in the window well that movie wasn't like good in the first place but still they they were dumping a lot of different movies it wasn't just this particular you know one and i think as well 20th century fox it's it's always been very separate from the news corporation and I really doubt that a movie studio that prolific would put out something with that kind of messaging that some of yeah. these people are claiming it has. Yeah. Uh, so it's almost like you're going to tag it from both ways. I mean, I felt the same way about Barbie. Is I mean, the, the main thing beyond the woke and I woke junk is it got attacked as being anti-man. That it's like a feminist, you know, screechy feminist man-hating movie. And I'm just like, that's not there at all. No. I mean, if, if anything, you know, it has a lot of very interesting things to say about masculinity. I would argue there's also some interesting sort of, you know, questioning some of the aspects of, you know, today's version of feminism, third wave or fourth wave yeah. feminism, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's it's an interesting movie that to me finds its own way. So it's interesting that it's been embraced and reviled in well, less equal measure. Or like 1.4 billion gross on that. Definitely less yeah. equal measures uh, reviled than love. But yeah, I, that's what bothers me is people not seeing the movies. You know, harping into what their their tribe is saying about it, and then their yeah. behavior, and that that's how the movie becomes situated within pop culture rather than what it actually is as a work of art. Yeah, and I think people forget too because they're like, oh, it's so anti man, but. And I mean, Greta Gerwig, she directed it, but she also co-wrote the movie with her husband, Noah Baumbach. And I think 
you can sense that there was, um, you know, two different people writing that script, you know, from their own perspective. I didn't think it was just biased, one-sided or propaganda or whatever some of these, you know, pundits are calling it. I just thought it's a satire. I remember a Bill Maher just recently was like going off about it, about yeah. um, how they represented Mattel in an inaccurate way. He's like, oh, there is women who work there. But I'm like, it's a satire. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm the only critic in this area who liked the movie Don't Look Up, but that was a satire. Um, and I look at like Meryl Streep's, you know, president character. That was a combination of what I viewed was, you know, Trump and Hillary from like 2016. It wasn't just one particular political party. And I mean, when that movie came out and even when it was filmed, that wasn't our president at the time. It's a satire. And yeah. I think Barbie, even the real world, is it's set in a very heightened kind of reality. Yeah. Uh, and look, this is not a recent phenomenon. I mean, it's become more fever pitch, I think, in the last few months. But I mean, just looking back uh, to the near past or going a little bit further, right before COVID, the very last film I saw in theaters before COVID hit was The Hunt. Um, yeah. And I don't know if you remember that film. It was it, yeah. it was it was espoused as a movie in which liberals hunt conservatives like to the death kind of thing. And I went to see it, you know, um, and it's very much a more subtle film than that. It really takes a lot of pokes at all sides of things. If anything, it aims more arrows at the quote unquote left side of thing than the right yeah. side of thing. And to me, it was an interesting movie. It wasn't a great movie. Um, but like Betty Gilpin gave a really interesting, different yeah. performance that I you just don't see in that sort of movie. So again, the, the movie then got lost in COVID and kind of forgotten. But more recently, just this spring, we had Elemental and Little Mermaid, two, two other Disney products, one animated, one not, um, that very much got attacked into, into the you know woke versus anti-woke. Little Mermaid, other than the fact that they cast a black actress as a Little Mermaid, uh, to me, other than that, it's pretty much just a straight redo of the animated film. Um, ended up doing very well financially. I think it's you know approaching like six hundred million dollars gross yeah. worldwide. And she was and the best part of that movie, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, she's fantastic! Her singing and everything. Um, and then Elemental very much did not do very well. I think it's one of the lowest grossing Disney Pixar animated films. Um, which I could definitely see that I, I, you know, I saw some elements in it. It's, you know, more of a parable about immigration and a, assimilating into uh, existing popular cultures. But again, people just sort of go right there rather than taking the movie uh, the way it, for what it is. Mm -hmm. And I think we've seen that a lot because I know we said we we're going to bring it up. What, what's the Snow White remake? So That's I've always... Just as we're talking about that, that is all hot, hot, hot on social media right now. And I look at that, and I've always been a defender of Rachel Ziegler, because I thought she was phenomenal in West Side Story. I've always I been a fan she, of her. I thought she should have gotten an Oscar nomination for West Side Story. She was amazing. I agree. And I even, I didn't hate Shazam, too. I thought she was one of the better parts of that movie for, you know, kind of smaller role in that. And I've always even enjoyed her in social media. But I think... Some of those comments that she's been making about Snow White, most of the time I would be like, yeah, whatever, people are overreacting. But it, it it does, I get the sense where it is coming off a little, you know, condescending with how much they're, you know, changing in that movie. 
where it's yeah. like is this just disney almost becoming like a parody of himself yeah. is this what that one side thought the little mermaid was but clearly was not yeah uh and you know uh, again people are upset about you know like non-white people being cast in what traditionally were a white role you know and then you get into like re replacement theory and you know really loopy garbage but I mean, I can see, uh, you know, when it seems like it's happening over and over again, it's like, okay, we've got a black actress as Little Mermaid, we've got a Latina uh, as Snow White. It almost seems like you're doing it just to do it rather than because she's a fantastic, you know, actress and singer and everything else. I don't know. I mean, you know, the name of the character, I mean, Snow White, the name was supposed to indicate that she was pure of heart. It was not Snow Caucasian. Um, yeah. I don't know. I've gone back and forth. I think people are, I mean, the, I, I, I watched the clips of Ziegler's interviews, and she's basically just saying, hey, we're making a completely different movie. We're not trying to be, uh, you know, part of a film from 80 years ago, almost. Um, uh, she gets a little like, you know, like, you know, the prince, we don't even really need him in the movie, which is true. Uh, but um, yeah. some of the stuff was a little, a little hard angled, I, I will admit. Um, I did go back, like now people are pulling up some of her social media tweets and stuff from the last few years. I got to admit, some of it is pretty condescending is the word you used. I think that's a pretty good way to put it. But, you know, I mean, I've always been very good at separating the artist from the art. Um, you know, I'm still a big fan of her work that I've seen so far. Fantastic West Side Story. I'm, I'm interested to see what they'll do in Snow White. Um, mm. But... Uh, in the Hunger Games, uh, the prequel, which I actually, I've heard that it's actually quite good. So, like, my fear, though, is I feel like some of this politicalization of these kinds of movies, like, is this going to have an effect also on her, you know, career-wise? Because the West Side Story, nominated for a lot of Oscars, I love that movie. Did not do well financially. Oh, I'm surprised at that. Shazam yeah. 2 flopped. I think The Hunger Games is maybe a safe bet, but it's also opening right in between Dune 2 and the Marvels. And then Snow White, I feel like whether or not it's warranted, I don't really think it's that warranted. People are, you know, turning against Disney. Because I, I truly thought The Little Mermaid would make a billion dollars. Like... Yeah because Aladdin did and so did you know the Lion King and I thought the Little Mermaid was much better than most of their you know live action remakes yeah. the fact that it didn't make a billion it still made them a profit a little bit but I was kind of shocked that it didn't you know reach that point I thought that was going to be the biggest movie of the summer and when I look at Snow White when we don't even have a trailer and people are already talking about it and getting mad about it I'm like that disney can't be happy with that right now yeah oh uh, i don't know it's just it's just a sickening thing i mean even though you know i saw some of the things ziggler said about the movie and some of her social media behavior in past years yeah it's a little you know it turns me off a little bit it doesn't change my opinion of her about about her as an actress yeah. it doesn't change my opinion about the movie i will see the movie and judge the movie for what it is not you know this 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 thing where it's just like you know people are just scattering into the, into their little into their priors, uh, sticking with their tribe, whatever they're trying to saying. I've got to amplify and uh, repeat that again before I've seen the movie or even you know vowing I will not go see the movie. I think 
maybe why some of this stuff has reached a fever pitch this year, you know, like this last six, seven, eight months, is I think we've seen quote people from the right side finding some success with uh, blockading or boycotting stuff, um, yeah. you know, with Disney and Bud Light and uh, uh, some other things. And they're now, you know, happy about being able to flex those muscles. So I think that's maybe why it's become a little bit more, not to say that people on the left haven't done it very well themselves for a long time. It's just that, that now that they're embracing that role that maybe they felt like that they, a weapon that was used against them has now been put in their hands, if you will. Yeah. And I, I think because before, like I look back at like when La La Land came out or like Three Billboards came out, there is a lot from like the other end being like, oh, this movie's problematic because this, this, and this. I'm like, stop politicizing these movies. Like La La Land, I'm like, that's not a political movie. But now it's the other side. It's like, it's completely shifted where it's like, oh, this is why Barbie, you shouldn't see it because it's against this, this, and this. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, I just look at a movie like you were saying. I judge a movie for what it is. I don't have to always, you know, agree with everything being said, but in fact, I did agree with a lot of what Barbie, you know, was saying and a lot of its messages. But I think it's just gotten to an extreme now where, you know, now that like the conservative base has, you know, the sound of freedom and everything, it's like they're kind of almost like playing like a tug of war. And I'm like, oh my God. Like even with music now, as yeah. we were just talking about that, Richmond of Richmond. R Richmond north of Richmond is a yeah. Is a, yeah. This is just within the last week. This is like literally a farmer out in Virginia, South Carolina. I'm sorry, I don't I don't, don't have his name at name at my fingertips. Um uh who literally he just you know with his guitar records songs out in his farm, puts them on YouTube, nobody pays any attention to him. Um and for whatever reason, just within the last 10 days or so, this song has blown up. I, I looked at it last night. It was up to like 26 million views. And it's basically just a very, what I would call blue collar song about, a you know, can't find good jobs, can't good good pay. All the rich men um, are just conspiring to keep all the money and the power for themselves. And people like you and me don't have any of it. And that's basically it. Um, and the, 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 the guy, I really should have looked up his name, um, has said like i'm not left i'm not right um but uh uh but you know this is my story and i think it's a story of a lot of people oliver anthony is his name um and uh i don't know i don't know if you've seen it to me it's an objective yeah. objectively terrific song he mm. he's got this great like very sort of like mournful uh country music wail very old old-fashioned like 1930s 1940s style of singing you know, and it really, there's nothing, I mean, there's some politically adjacent stuff in the lyrics, but it's basically just, you know, it's a, what I would call a protest song. It's like a rural blue bluegrass, blue collar protest song. But of course, people are doing with the song, just like they've been doing with the movies and TV shows and everything else, is they're just, you know, basing everything on their priors. Yeah. And like, I listen to the song and like, I agree. He, he has a great like voice and everything. And I think people are like taking the song like word for word, like taking it too literal. Like I think the song is far less political than I never really heard that Jason Aldean song. I just listened. I just read like some of the lyrics. I was like, I heard about it. I have not had interest in. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I was not really a fan of that singer in general. But with this one, like, I feel like he's almost in an ironic kind of twist talking about the polit- politicalization of everything. And they're forgetting about, you know, working class people instead of just I think QAnon, people, conspiracy, whatever. Yeah. But of course, what is happening with that, what happened with um, the G- Jim Caviezel song, which is that the, the right people or the wrong people are embracing it. So therefore, you know, we have to run this way. They're going this way, so we have to run this way uh, with Sound of Freedom. Yeah, is there just, um, it, it's more more or less being embraced on the, the right side of things. I mean, and you can judge that basically on like who in the media sphere is talking about it and championing it. So if like, you know, like the Matt Walshes of the world are doing their own YouTube videos talking about how great this vi- other video is, that's going to immediately turn a lot of people on and immediately turn a lot of people off. And they know it. I mean, uh, I like to say about, you know, a lot of things. I mean, you know, a lot of this politicization started, I think, with like cable news, um, you know, 25 years ago. It just became this very direct thing of we're going to segment, like this is our audience, so you can have this audience. And, you know, people are doing this deliberately because, you know, in any kind of conversation, whether it's about art, politics, or where they intersect, you know, there are people that are generally interested in adding to the conversation, and there are people that their goal is to just siphon as much attention and the ability to make money from the debate as possible. And that's what a lot of these things are about. The the Matt Walsh's and people like this, they know if they talk about something that it will draw ears and eyeballs to them um, and garner them attention and, you know, elevate their ability to you know, have power and influence. And I think that's what a lot of this politicaliza- politicalization, I'm glad I'm not the only one stumbling with that word, is about. It's, it's about power and influence. And unfortunately, movies, pop culture, songs, art have kind of just become like the tools at hand to, you know, land those blows on people you don't like rather than, again, just, you know, appreciating them as the artifacts that they are. Yeah, and I I just lost track of what I was about I think also a lot of it, not just like the daily wire people or whatever I think a lot of it is also TikTok there is even just something in like the New York Times which I know that kind of even factors into a lot of what we're discussing as well but uh there's something about like some of these like influencers and how much money they're making about just like talking about these movies or being like oh this is the movie for the people or things like that and it's like I think that's what's you know really provoking i think the younger generation people like my age as well because they hear about oh this tiktoker says this movie is just woke propaganda and you see a lot of that even on like youtube channels like a lot of the youtubers i used to watch like when i was in you know high school or middle school to watch their reviews a lot of them kind of have just shifted away from youtube or found other like avenues but now there's been this new rise of people and I won't like name them just because they do have fan bases and everything, but their whole shtick is saying this movie hates men. This movie hates white people. This, this, this go watch this movie instead, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Oh my God. And like, I even have friends who I will disagree with a lot politically, but they used to watch those channels all the time. But then I was like, Hey, you know me, you know I do this for a living, and I they can start to see it's like, oh wait, it is all just a shtick. That's how they make money, is just by politicizing 
every single movie that comes out. Yep. Well, on that note, please take our advice. Uh, don't don't follow the shtick. Don't fall for the shtick. Uh, just be you and go see movies and take joy in them. Um, like them or dislike them, but do it from inside your own heart and your own mind. Uh, don't worry about what if you're in a tribe, what your tribe says, or even your friends and family and colleagues say. You know, to really love movies is to me going to the movie theaters and like that. It's 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 a group experience, but the the real joy of it, the love affair, is between you and the movie. Uh, so. Don't let anything come between you and what you love or don't love. Yeah. All right, Nate, thanks for joining me. If you could quick tell everyone where people can find you on social media, websites, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter or I guess now X or whatever it will be called at Nate Knows Movies. And you could also find my words at the Film Yap or at Collider, where I have a couple of reviews that have just come out this week for uh, Strays. I have the new season of Solar Opposites. I reviewed that as well. And coming up, be having your, some reviews for Equalizer 3 and Vacation Friends 2, and I'll also be at the Toronto International Film Festival next month, so you'll be hearing a lot from me about a lot of my takes on this year's, you know, big Oscar movies. So Outstanding. That's, that's terrific. Alright, well, thanks everyone for joining us. See you. Bye.